Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. What's up, everybody? Happy coronavirus week number, what is this? Two, three, four, five. How are you hanging in there? I am doing seriously so awesome. <laughs> and I also think often about where I would be if I was postpartum and if I had already been struggling before all of this stay at home thing. I kind of feel like we're under a microscope right now, guys, like our normal exit routes for me that during my very worst struggles, that was Target, uh, definitely. And the red card. (laughs) And then also just, I don't know, a quick break to a gas station to get a Snickers or spur of the moment date night when it was possible. So all those things can't happen right now. And it's so fascinating how if you were already struggling, I'm sure you're feeling the heat, right? You are left with looking at a lot of your struggles in the face. There are still some ways to get around them like Netflix and such, but I want to invite you to just face the music right now. Why don't you use the coronavirus time as a way to get a handle on some of the things that If it weren't for this time, you might be able to sort of buffer out of existence in your life or at least on the back burner. So that's kind of my approach right now. Anything that I like didn't work on before now, I'm working on it. Like the dynamics of having husband home and me home, that's something I wanted to create in the future. And now it's kind of just been put on my plate with coronavirus, like husband and I are both home. And trying to get a feel of what it would be like to both be entrepreneurs at home, switching off with the kids. That's what I'm kind of working on that right now. Um, Communication, you know, owning my decisions, not getting frustrated when he changes his schedule, things like that. So there's so much work to be done that we can do right now if we have that kind of dedication to getting the work done. So on that note, this episode is for that. Before I dive in, I just wanted to tell you guys everything that I'm going to teach today, which this is really good stuff. This is all new content that I came up exclusively for my postpartum moms who were already kind of struggling and now who have coronavirus stuff, specifically with health-related and coronavirus-related anxieties. And so This is all new content, and I just decided that on my free call on Monday, instead of just having it be free open coaching, I feel like people are a little bit intimidated by that maybe. I don't even know, but I just want to teach this in greater detail on Monday. So come to Monday's free call. You can register in the show notes or in my Instagram profile. Um, I'm doing a free call this Monday for the public. For anyone who wants to come, you just have to register with your name and email to come. And I think of what I'm going to do is just present this information again, and then I'll coach people on specific things related to what I'm teaching today. So that's really exciting. And again, the link to register for Monday's free call is in the show notes. Don't miss that. Okay. Last but not least, before we dive in, I just have so many good reviews on this podcast and I hate to not share them because I want you guys to know how much I appreciate you leaving them. So many of you, I don't even know who left these reviews. This one is a five-star review from 
K-A-D-Y-K-D Tess. Um, this was on the 13th of February. She said, amazing. This podcast changed my whole entire way of thinking. It's amazing how much Lizzie puts into something that we can use for free. I definitely have a long way to go in my healing process, but this podcast has saved me and shown me a completely different way of thinking that I hadn't been exposed to before. I can't recommend listening enough, three exclamation points, <laughs> and, it, uh, and it completely applies to anyone, not just postpartum mamas. Thank you, Katie Tess. I am so grateful for your review. And now let's dive in without any further ado. I really want to get some good tools to you guys this week. I'm kind of impressed with myself that I just spit this out and it's so articulate. It really simplifies kind of the most complicated parts of anxiety. I knew I was an expert, but when I put this together, I was like, dang girl, like, you know, some stuff you've been working with clients and you've lived it. So here we go. All right. First thing, anxiety is all about the unknown. Yes. Think about what you're anxious about. It's all about the unknown. It's all about control and trying to have control with the unknown. That's the game. It is what we feel when we, as humans with a human brain focus focus with our thoughts. We focus our attention on what we cannot control or what we perceive perceive to be outside of our control. Whether it is or isn't is a different story. We're going to talk about that. So anxiety is the pain of feeling completely out of control and being afraid of being out of control and focusing on it. Of course, there are some things in life we genuinely cannot control, but there is so much that we can control. So I'm going to be demystifying in this episode like the difference between what you actually cannot control, which is so much less than you think it is. And then showing you how you have so much more control than you think and showing you how what you cannot control isn't actually a problem. Okay. So if you look at the model, which for those of you who have never heard me say the model, go check out episode, I think it's 18 on the model, but essentially it's just uh, five words on a sheet of paper that you fill in with your own stuff. So it's like a formula. So you've got circumstance, that happens in the, it's something that happens in the world outside of yourself, like the coronavirus pandemic, whatever. Although the word pandemic definitely is not neutral for many of us. So that wouldn't go in the model because circumstances are always neutral. So you got to make sure you limit any emotion there. But anyway, you've got circumstance. Then you put in your thought about the circumstance, the feeling that that thought creates the actions you take when you feel that feeling, and then the result that those actions create. Okay. So that is the model. It's the flow of attention and action. It's the flow of the universe. Okay. So As humans, we have circumstances outside of us and then we have thoughts about them. So out of all of those things, right? Circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. Which ones are actually truly outside of our control and which are within our control? Okay. Anxiety is going to tell us and point our noses towards the fact that we cannot control our circumstances. Circumstances are outside of our control. And I want to say that that's, it's true. Like a circumstance we can't control But when you understand that you can control your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and your results, which is a lot, it kind of makes up for the fact that you can't control circumstances and you actually realize you have a lot of control. Okay. So anxiety is like alert, alert, alert. You can't control your circumstances, but anxiety blinds you to the fact and forgets to tell you 
but you can control your thoughts and you can control your feelings and you can control your actions and you can control your results no matter what the circumstances are. Always. Now, this might not cheer you up right away, but don't worry, we're going get to get into the how and the details, so stick with me. Even when we look to the future and do not know for sure what the circumstances may be, we can actually know the future. Did you know that? Not because what we know what will happen, right? Not because we know what will happen, but because we can decide ahead of time how we will feel because we can decide ahead of time what we will think. No matter what the circumstances are, we can always decide what we're going to think and what we're going to feel. So if you think about it, anxiety lies to us. It it lies. It's lying. (laughs) Or it's telling half-truths, right? Anxiety says you cannot control anything. You have no control. This is scary. Circumstances just are scary, right? Which is false. We know that our thoughts about our circumstances are what are scaring us. All the this anxiety says all the circumstances in the present and the future are all scary and all the worst ones could very possibly happen. They might happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Freak out, freak out, sound the alarms, sound the alerts, right? So anxiety makes us feel through our thoughts, of course, about future circumstances that things are unknown and out of control. And so it's really just like an empty plate with like a donut on it. It doesn't have any nutritional value. It doesn't have real food. It has a nice, pretty donut that looks yummy and enticing to our brain. But at the end of the day, it fails to deliver, right? Anxiety does nothing. And it makes us feel, like I said, like we're out of control. That's why it builds. The more we believe we can't control something, the less in control we feel. So that's why anxiety builds. The less in control we perceive ourselves to be, which perception happens through our thoughts, the more anxious we feel. Simple as that. So anxiety starts in our thoughts, and of course then it's going to end in our thoughts. And through the truths that I'm teaching you today about your thoughts and about circumstances and feelings and actions and all the the things, the model basically, uh, with with the truths I'm going to teach you today, you're going to start to notice that your anxiety unravels. You're going to have some tools to actually get it there on your own. So how do we gain control over our anxiety when it is true that there are certain things we cannot control? So I have three tips for you today on this, and they are kind of packed full of really good stuff. It's kind of a thick episode. There's just three but they're pretty full, especially if you're new to this podcast and you've never heard about the model. You've never, it never occurred to you like, oh, circumstances are neutral. You know, maybe you might be like, oh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess we're not acted upon. Like we get to decide how we feel. You've heard all of these things here or there, right? On a logical level, but we're going to actually take it deeper than logical today. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you how I can help you further apply these things if you need help. All right. I hope you're ready with some notes. Tip number one, tell yourself the truth about control. Okay. All anxiety is related to the belief that things happen to us, that we are not in control. And for all of you who are my clients or people who do know the model, maybe fellow coaches, you think you understand that, oh yeah, like our thoughts create our feelings, but you will know how well you understand that based off of 
your anxiety levels, and your ability to manage it. I'm not going to say that anxiety will never happen to you if you understand this fully. And so if you don't, then you will never have anxiety. I don't think that. You guys know, I've said this on the podcast, I think anxiety is like leg hair. It's not very useful. It's from our evolution. And we just need to maintain it at this point in our evolution. Okay. So I think it's always kind of going to grow like leg hair. It's always just going to be there, but managing it and how it builds is within our control. Speaking of control. Okay. So when you have anxiety, it's either because you're focusing on what you don't have control over, which is just one out of the five aspects of the model, right? Just the circumstances. Um, and you're going into the what ifs and the hypotheticals and the worst case scenarios, or, and usually, and, you are forgetting that thoughts create feelings. You are forgetting or you have not learned that what you would feel in any situation in the future is only ever going to be a product of your thoughts in that moment and actually has nothing to do with what is happening outside of your outside of you. Your feelings always have nothing to do with your circumstances. Zero. I know that seems crazy, but you have a thought in your brain, that's completely independent of any circumstance. And your thought is what creates your feeling as a human. Now it doesn't feel like this at all because our brains have this happen so quickly that it feels like the circumstance causes the feeling because this chain reaction is so fast, but that's where coaching comes in. And to the extent that we start to understand and apply this knowledge that our thoughts create our feelings, we start to see that our circumstances are truly neutral. They don't actually create our feelings. Our thoughts do. So if you're feeling anxiety, you are attributing your future experience of life to a circumstance. And we know that our experience of life in the future is going to be due to our thoughts, not our circumstances. And so this is an important distinction to make because remember I said anxiety is all about control. So we start to freak out in the future, like in the moment we're starting to freak out about the future. That's anxiety, right? Because we think that that circumstance has power over us and that it has control over us. So we feel out of control. We panic as humans when we feel out of control. But if you understand that your control happens in the thought line of the model, that your thoughts are in your power, then actually who does control belong to? Really? Who does control to create emotion and action and result belong to? It belongs to you because you have the power to think thoughts. So that's when the circumstances don't matter. So here's the truth you need to tell yourself. Number one, I have power in every one of the hypothetical situations that I fear. In all of those future hypothetical situations that you play out in your mind, I know you do because I've done that, right? When the projector screen of scary images is going on in our mind when we're in anxiety, just remember in all of those, you have power. The control lives within you because of your thoughts. You're right. You cannot control the actual facts of the situation. But what does that matter when your entire experience of the fact is made up in your thoughts and your mind and you have complete control over those? And you might be like, well, it does matter because we're going to get into that. Don't worry. That's down a little bit further in this lesson. Okay. 
So when you stand, when you understand that all power to cause emotion comes only from your brain, the fact that you cannot control your circumstances ceases to be as big of a problem. Okay. And that problem shrinks the more you understand this and not just understand it, but apply it. So those of you who have never actually worked with these tools, okay. On a one-on-one level with coaching, you're probably going to be like, not as calmed down by this, right? You're going to be like logically understanding it. You're going to feel some hope. You're going to feel a little bit of excitement and you're going to start to see help and relief with your anxiety over the next week or so. But for sure, you're going to see deeper results with deeper implementation of this information. And we'll talk more about that at the end. Okay. Tip number two, plan your thoughts. Okay. I know the mental game of anxiety. Well, my clients know I've named the place that my brain goes when it's feeling anxious. I just call it the crazy train. It came a tootin', came a knocking, wanted me to get on it. Sort of like the Polar Express. I just imagine that crazy train just pulls up in front of my brain. It's like, hey, you want to take a crazy ride? It's a little bit of a mix between the Polar Express and then in Harry Potter, that, what's that? that midnight train thing where the guy is like, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Oh my gosh. A little bit of those. Okay. That's what my anxiety trains like. (laughs) What's yours like? Want to be crazy with me? It's great. Okay. And I used to be, you know, this is how it all played out. I used to be like, yes, get me on that train because everything feels so scary. This must just have to be crazy. Like I just thought that crazy was my only option. That's how anxiety invited me. And that's how I responded to my anxiety. And I was on board immediately. And now I'm like, I like watch it come by and then it just keeps going. It doesn't even offer to pick me up anymore that much. But when it does, I'm like, no, thanks. It's okay. You're just confused. You know, you don't have to be crazy. The ride can be smooth. Circumstances are never as powerful as I am. Okay, great. So (laughs) love my visual. Yeah, I'm crazy. Okay. So speaking of power being in your thoughts, right? We know that our thoughts create our feelings. I'm probably going to beat that phrase into the ground. So those of you who already know this, you're like, okay, move on. Just kidding. But speaking of power being your thoughts, why not then take advantage of where your power is, which is in your thoughts because it creates your feelings and combine that with the future that your brain is running away with right now, right? Throwing at you all these scary, scary visuals and hypothetical situations. Why don't you Take the present moment and use it to plan what you will think in those moments so that maybe it's still scary to you, but at least you have a thought that you can lean on so that if it were to happen, you know how you would handle it. You know what you would think you would have a power thought to go through, uh, to go to, and maybe it wouldn't be a power thought. We're going to go through some examples. Okay. But, um, just hear me out with this. So Your brain is giving you all those hypotheticals. Let's go through some of those. Number one, what if Uncle Johnny dies from the coronavirus? Number two, what if my mom gets it? Number three, what if I get it? Number four, what if my husband gets it? What if the economy never recovers? So these are basically a zoomed out general uh, sort of metamorphosis of the main fears that I'm seeing people have right now. So you can start answering those questions. Have you ever considered your brain doesn't like to answer those, right? It's always just what if question mark. Notice that it's your brain. That's the crazy train. I'm telling you the crazy train doesn't worry about the answers. It's always just about the questions, but you can start answering those questions. So let me give you an example. 
Number one example. If Uncle Johnny dies from coronavirus, and I am being kind of lighthearted here with Uncle Johnny. I mean, if your uncle's name really is Johnny, then maybe it's not so lighthearted for you. I am trying to keep it light and funny just because I think it is funny. I don't know a little bit, but also like, let's be real. You're con- you're really worried about these things. Okay. And I've had things I was really worried about too in my life and in anxiety. I haven't had that as much with the coronavirus, but I've had moments. So we're all in this together. So if somebody in your life, fill in the blank, Uncle Johnny is what I'm saying, dies from coronavirus, I'd believe it was sad. I would feel sadness, right? So this is me planning out. I'm answering that question. I would believe it was sad. And notice how I say I I would believe, right? This is because my thoughts are going to create the entire outcome of the entire situation. So if you're going to be in the future and you're going to answer and plan, you know, these what if questions, you want to go to your thoughts. Like I would believe this is sad. And then I would feel sadness, right? Because then when we think a thought, we feel a feeling. And you would take some actions from sadness, like attend the funeral and cry and have tissue boxes and watch the old movies you used to watch with Uncle Johnny or whoever. Um, And that would be your model, right? And you'd have a result from that. And after a while of feeling sadness, though, like you've got to think in real life, we don't just stay in sadness forever. So after a while of feeling sadness, and that would be appropriate, and I would believe it was sad, I'd probably also start to take on the belief that Maybe it was meant to happen that way. And possibly I might take on an interest in global health and do my part to help prevent future deaths or at least be more educated about how I'm treating the planet or my role in in pandemics. Or maybe I wouldn't, but I would definitely have some options. Okay, so notice how I just went from a completely powerless place and a, a place of zero control of What if, what if, what if, right? Where I'm focusing just on a circumstance outside of my control. Whereas now I'm going into the rest of the model. I'm like, okay, well, if that was my circumstance, what would be my thought? What would be my feeling? What would be my actions? And what would be my result? Then after a while, what would be my next thought? My next feeling, my next action, my next result, like map it out, have a plan. Why not? Right? If our brain has the capacity to do this, why not do it? The reason we don't is because we are in anxiety and anxiety lies to us and it tells us all that matters is the circumstance, freak out, panic. It doesn't want us to look at the rest of the model, thought, feeling, action, result in the future. It only wants us to look at the circumstance in the future and maybe some feelings. So this is so powerful, right? Next example, let's say, what if my mom gets it? Okay, so here's how I'd talk myself through this. I'd say, okay, if my mom gets it, I'd have the thought, I am going to be by her side and support her. I would quarantine my dad, who's also in his 60-somethings, right? So he didn't get it as well, since he's older and more vulnerable. And I would do my best to care for her because I wanted to. I would do it at home if she wanted to be at home. Or I would go visit her in the hospital if that's where she wanted to be, depending on how things went. And I would choose to believe the whole time I would just, I just know, I would just decide, I would choose to believe it was meant to happen. And for a while, while I wanted to, while it served me, I would choose to believe that she could survive it and that she was going to be okay. And I would allow that to be the underlying fervor or feeling in my care for her. It would be an amazing journey of faith and hope. 
I would fast and pray with my family. It could be beautiful and scary and hopeful and reverent and spiritual all at the same time. Okay, the next one. If I get it, if I get the coronavirus, I already know that I would and that I will, if I were to get it, believe that God wants me to learn something. And I would choose this thought because when I think it, I feel resilient and because it feels so purposeful, almost heroic. I may also choose a thought like, I want to be an example to all of my people and followers and friends of coaching and how coaching the resilience that it can give you when you use it intentionally, even with a circumstance like having the coronavirus. And I would use it as a challenge to really understand my mind and my body and feel how circumstances, the truth of how circumstances are incapable of creating my emotions. And it would be a neat experience to learn how physical discomfort works to influence my mental thoughts, but how ultimately my spirit is separate from my body and I do have more control than a virus. I think that would be neat. It would probably be really hard and challenging and I would ask for blessings from people, but you know, it could be, there's like, there's like a full spectrum view of it. It's not just scary and hard and bad and to be avoided at all costs. If we really are going to go into the what ifs and we're going to explore our thoughts and our feelings, look how much power we have. You guys, doesn't this feel so different than what your brain does all day with the anxiety? And then the last one, if the economy never covers, what would I do? Well, first of all, I'd have to get a little more specific. Like, what does that even mean? So notice with anxiety, your brain kind of wants to hang out in like the economy never recovers. Like, what does that even mean? You need to define that crap. Okay. So ask your brain for some answers. And then sometimes even when your brain's giving you the answers, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just freaking out. That makes no sense. (laughs) But let's say your brain comes up with some really smart metrics that I don't even know what they would be like some measurements in the stock market or something. So if this were me, I would, you know, and I'm planning this out to deflate my anxiety, to have a plan to be in control. It's not about deflating the anxiety. It's really not. It's about taking your power where it is and not believing your anxiety when it tells you that you don't have any. So if this were me, I would be so glad I know how to be an entrepreneur. So I don't have to depend on anyone else for money. I would automatically flip into gratitude and take my power in the lessons that I already know, I would choose to believe, and I actually have done work on this belief right now, that I've been prepared for this, that I know what I need to know to move forward in this current market right now to serve people more than ever right now. I would really dive into my entrepreneurial resources and I would take my business to the next level independent of the circumstance. I would work my mind and I would get coaching so that the economy wouldn't have power over me and my business. I'd work my beliefs hard like a racehorse, right? And I would create more value and more clients. So you guys, did you know you could do this? Like, has it ever occurred to you? Hopefully your brain is exploding just a bit. Hopefully you're inspired to take this lesson home and try this out on your anxiety. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
So number three, tip number three, be willing to feel anything and you will feel less scared. Okay. It kind of blew my mind when I realized what I'm about to tell you, but if you think about it, it's true. So hear me out. If you think about it right now, the worst thing that can happen is actually a feeling. What your brain is most afraid of is a feeling. I know it sounds ridiculous. You're like, no, no, no. The the thing that's the scariest is that my mom is dead. Like that would be so scary. But here's, here are some examples. Let me show you. Okay. So number one example, I'm afraid my parents will get the coronavirus. So the way I like to get to the bottom of how everything is a feeling is I ask questions like why, and then what, why, and then what? Okay. Sometimes I have to mix them up, but so I'm afraid my parents will get the coronavirus. Why? Why are you afraid of that? Because then they could die. And then what? Mm, Then that would be bad. Why? Uh, Because I would be devastated. I would miss my mom. Aha. There's the feeling. Devastated. And maybe some longing, right? Missing someone. Here's another example of how this is true. It's always true, by the way. Try it with yourself, okay? Let's say I'm afraid my immunocompromised cousin will get the coronavirus, right? Like maybe she has an autoimmune disease and she's extra susceptible to something like the coronavirus, especially with it being respiratory. So I say, I'm afraid my immunocompromised cousin will get the coronavirus. Why? Well, then she might suffer. Okay. And then what? Then she'd be in pain. And then what? And then I'd feel so bad for her. I wouldn't be able to do anything. So then what? And then I would just feel terrible. I'd feel helpless and angry and desperate. I would hate it. Okay. So more feelings, right? Terrible, helpless, angry, desperate. So this is the case with all things. All the hypotheticals your brain is running in your mind all day long, the ones that exhaust you are all based on feelings you don't want to feel or you don't feel prepared to feel or you think that you have to feel. But notice if I really got serious about this, like if I really decided, you know what, I'm going to prepare myself for my cousin dying, which is not what we do when we're in anxiety, right? Because anxiety lies to us. It's only showing us half the picture. It's only showing us the part we can't control and all the freak out. But if we were actually to look at like our power here with something like our cousin suffering and having pain from the coronavirus with her immunocompromised system, it sounds so sad. Like For sure, I might choose to feel some sad things and to think some sad thoughts, but the fact is I could also survive it because they're just feelings, okay? And even if I wanted to, I couldn't take it away from her. And so I would always just feel some feelings and I would be in company with her because she would be feeling some feelings. And frankly, we might be able to connect through an experience like that. So this is the case with all things. Um, you fear feelings. Our, our humanness, we are just afraid of feelings. It's really, really interesting. And once you see this, feelings are harmless if you believe that they are. Feelings are harmless if you believe they are. Or feelings can be very scary if you believe them to be. 
which is probably the current state of things in your mind right now. Um, just because you haven't broken this down like this before. So you probably at the root of all your anxiety things are some feelings, right? If you lose someone you love or whatever it is suffering, it's all feelings and it's all about you and your feelings. I know some of it is like, Oh, but I would want to save my children. I would want to save my husband. But it's like, it's actually just about what you would feel if they weren't there anymore. It's really about you. So that's just good to know. But what if you built up the belief that being devastated isn't the worst thing in the world. Like it's not as scary as you thought, right? Like when the anxiety is talking, it feels so scary because it's like all out of your control. Your mom, you're imagining her writhing in a bed and she can't breathe and she's in the hospital and she's on her last breath and she's got the incubator tube thing and she's got to breathe through this machine and this is time to say goodbye. Like, right, your brain goes through the saddest things. But are the things sad? Or would you be choosing your feelings moment by moment through your thoughts? Okay, a word on how coaching helps during these circumstances and anxiety. Okay, I just gave you the information. You now know this stuff on a logical level. And by the way, I cannot wait to see how, as you go about practically applying this, how it's helping you. So please do review the podcast. If you want to share with me how it's helped you that way, I always read the reviews. Or if you want to tell me by DMing me on Instagram, emailing me, Liz Langston coaching at Gmail, however you want to do it. I know it's going to help you. However, coaching gives you the gift and the very powerful effect of implementation in deeper ways, three ways specifically. One, you have accountability. I just got off a call today with uh, my clients. It was an exclusive hour long. I coach my clients in real time, one at a time, whoever wants to be coached on whatever they wants to be coached on. And we're actually going to start doing it every week for forever. I was just going to do it for a couple weeks during coronavirus. They all loved it so much. I loved it so much. It brought us a sense of community. It just added so much to my offering that I'm doing it from now on. It's a permanent part of my program. So if you hire me as your coach, you also get weekly one hour coaching calls with watching all these other moms be coached and just, they become your heroes and you become their hero. There's this amazing validation that happens. Okay. Sorry. I digress. Okay. So the three ways that coaching really kind of powerhouses takes you from a logical understanding and a, a shallow application to a deep understanding and a very deep transformation is you have accountability, you have dedicated time carved out, which is what one of my moms today was saying was so helpful for her with the one hour call. You have dedicated time carved out, and then you have the ability to practice, receive feedback from an expert and on the group calls, potentially some peers, and then practice some more, which has no other possibility than just transformation. Okay. So it goes information, implementation, and then transformation. So with the podcast, you get a lot of information and you get baby steps when it comes to implementation. When you hire me as your coach, the implementation continues to go deeper and you also get the transformation. So if you love this podcast because you feel like it's helping you and you're transforming, you have no idea, baby, what one-on-one coaching would do every day for three months, in addition to Over three months, it would be a total of 16 hours, potentially, if you wanted to get on those calls. By the way, we do replays. So if you can't come live, you would get the replay and just watch it then. Um, And, you know, some clients are more in the work, knee deep, you know, in it every day than others. Other clients are just 
a little bit more light on the work and they like it that way. Like they just, they are liking it a little bit lighter. They come maybe every two or three days. And then other clients are like, I am here. I, what do you have to tell me? Here's what happened today. Let's talk about it. Let's run models, you know? So it's totally different for every person. And that I love it all. I love it all. You are in charge of your transformation and your implementation of this stuff. But I just want you to know that if you do go home, so you will go home by the way, right? And you're going to implement everything I taught you today immediately. And I know it will help you and be valuable. That's why I gave it to you today. I want it to be. And I, I don't think anybody here is under the obligation to come work with me. However, when you see the changes at home and you feel relief with your anxiety, I just want you to know that it doesn't have to end at that shallower level of implementation. It will be great. But if you're deep, if you're a deep diving kind of student, if you're struggling beyond what this podcast is giving you, just know it does not have to end there. It doesn't. And so if you're still, you know, even with all this, you're still having more anxiety than you'd like, or you're still yelling at your kids more or hoarding things or whatever, and you're not satisfied with that. You don't, you don't have to settle for that. I'm here for you in a way that no other coach was there for me. Like I hired a coach. She was amazing. And she was also not postpartum focused and didn't have the story that is so linked and interlinked with you guys as postpartum moms, as I have, she didn't have that particular vein in her coaching. And I am so happy to bring that into the world. So I'm here for you for postpartum moms. I have all the tools. I have the experience and I will be so happy to walk you through it. So if you want more help, just book a consult at the link mentioned in the outro, which is coming at you. And I love you all. I love bringing this podcast to you for free. I love all levels that you choose to take it with, you know, the first level, just listening to it, implementing and being happy and on your way and maybe listening to some other podcasts and listening to me on Instagram. Great. I love it when people book consults and then say no, and just got an hour of an amazing value of the consult. And I love, love when people decide to hand over to me or share responsibility with me to create the transformation they deeply, deeply want in their motherhood and in their life that is so empowering to them. It's empowering to their kids. It's empowering to their husbands. And it is so, so like humbling and just amazing for me as a coach. So I do put in the work, but I reap so much from you guys and you guys are what makes the magic happen. So thank you for being here. And don't forget Monday's free call. If you want to register and come, the link's in the show notes or also my Instagram profile. I'm so excited to teach this again live and coach whoever wants coaching again for deeper implementation and transformation. And I'll see you there. Bye guys. Hey, Lizzie here. If you've been struggling and you're ready for more help, I want to invite you to book a consult with me. I offer free hour long consults where we go over what's not working, your vision for the future of your motherhood and how I would help you given my tools and expertise. To schedule your free consult, visit my booking page at go.oncehub.com forward slash Lizzie Langston. I fully believe that you can get to where you want to go. I'll see you on the consult.